On this episode, I invite drummer and podcaster Nick Graffini into the balance room. Chris Rock sets the mood to record an album. And Eric Seats talks about, is it really that important for drummers to know how to read music? Don't worry. You can thank me later. 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 Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Balance Room Music Podcast. I am your host, Ingrid Wood. This podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud for you to subscribe to. That way, you know, you don't have to wonder when is the episode coming out. Uh, You can just, it'll just let you know automatically. But in case you don't know, this podcast comes out every Monday, new episode every Monday. If this is your first time listening to The Balance Room, welcome. The pod, this podcast is really for, um, it's for anyone, but, you know, specifically for musicians or music lovers, um, but really any creative who is or who has a desire to make a living from their creative side. So a lot of times I will invite guests in here who uh, are musicians, of course, or their businesses who work with musicians in some way, shape or form. And I'll also invite guests in here who have absolutely nothing to do with the music industry whatsoever. But I find that that their stories, their um, their perspective, their journey is, is valuable and relative to any industry. It doesn't have to be specific. So my guest for this episode, brand new guest that I'm bringing into the balance room is uh, he's a professional drummer. He's also a podcaster. He has a podcast called the Drummer's Resource Podcast. He was featured recently in the, the June 2016 issue of Drum Magazine, two-page spread in there. His name is Nick Ruffini. <laughs> Let me tell you how how I came across Nick. So a lot of times I will get very, very interested in one particular person at a time. Um, and I'll be interested in them for like, you know, two weeks, like maybe a month. And um, I, I know that sounds weird. What what I mean by that is uh, <laughs> I want to know more about their story. I want to know about their beginning, about different obstacles that they faced, how they overcame them, that sort of thing. So I'll look up. You know, documentaries, um, autobiographies, a lot of interviews. So nothing weird, nothing freaky like that. Um, Yeah. So anyways, one time uh, in particular, I was wanting to know more about this drummer called Lil John Roberts. So I was looking up interviews. And most time nowadays, I'll look up interviews, um, even though I love documentaries. I don't always have time to just sit and watch them. But so I was looking up interviews for Lil John Roberts and I came across one. That was with a podcast called the Drummer's Resource Podcast. Hadn't heard of it. Didn't know Nick Ruffini, anything like that yet. Listened to that episode and I loved it. Next day, I listened to another episode from his podcast and then I ended up subscribing. You know, Nick, the Drummer's Resource, he interviews, he talks to uh, significant drummers, you know, people who are drummers who are young and old, touring musicians. You know, they play jazz, they play rock, hip hop. But I, I love I love his podcast for the type of content that he has. You know, you don't have to just be a, a drummer to be able to get something from it. And I also appreciated the fact that he himself is a drummer. What I think is, is really cool about Nick and, um, you know, what really drew me to want to contact him and invite him into the balance room is his business acumen. 
you know, that he has a successful career as a musician and he has a a successful podcast and, you know, endorsements and different things like that. And it, it shows me, and maybe this is just my perspective, that he doesn't put all of his eggs in just one basket and he doesn't spread them amongst, you know, 50 million different baskets either. You know, they're kind of all under that same umbrella, but one kind of works with the other one benefits the other. So I wanted to bring him into the balance room and kind of pick his brain (laughs) for a little bit. So let's go ahead and uh, talk to Nick. Let's go ahead and step into the balance room. So I started a restaurant with my brother and we went in and opened this place up and, and it worked for a little while and then it started to not work. And we couldn't really, we couldn't really figure it out. And, and we've been in the restaurant business for years. My family's been in the restaurant business since 1974. We've owned five different restaurants. So like definitely not new to the restaurant business, but definitely new to this style of business. So we had all of our other restaurants were sit down restaurants and this was a drive through restaurant and it was a drive through Italian restaurant. So like a total different concept. Nobody's ever done it before. At least nobody, you know, anywhere near us has done it before. And so we didn't understand that market. We didn't understand the drive-through market. So every restaurant that you go into is a sit-down restaurant. It's a destination. People go there to sit down and eat. But a drive-through is a waypoint or it's a non-destination restaurant. And although it seems obvious now, you know, me saying it, it's like, yeah, of course that makes sense. But blinders on I guess we didn't understand that entire concept and so it took us a while to really understand hey we're not we're not a sit-down restaurant so we have to market everything differently we have to package things differently we have to look at things differently we have to price things differently it's a different consumer the consumer mentality is different and really now that I'm I'm a few years removed from it I've noticed that I have to do this in other in in other businesses too in other business ventures that I have to do you have to do your research I have to do my research you have to do your research and really understand the market that you're getting into even if it's something that you think that you've been in before if it's not exactly the same thing that you're doing then you got to look you got to do the market research you have to figure out is this exactly what I'm getting into like if I was making drums and I was going into making guitars, one would probably think, oh, it's the same industry. It's music instruments, but it's not. It's a totally, the mindset is different. The buying, the buying behavior is different. The customer profiles are different and things like that. So from, and so this has always been, or, you know, since this happened, this is something that's always been in the back of my mind from a business standpoint is just really doing your research and understanding the market that you're in. Same thing with, you know, you and I talked about podcasting. So, you know, understanding the podcast market versus people who read articles or versus people who read or who watch videos. Those are all different types of content people. Those are all types of consumers, whether they're buying the content or not, they're consumers, they're consuming that content. Mm -hmm. And the mentality is different for every single one of those people. So my business example or my business uh, advice is to do your research and understand the market that you're getting in before you get into it. Because if you don't, you're going to be finding yourself uh, spending a ton of money and probably throwing good money after bad. So.
I'm I'm a huge huge Al Green fan, and we cut this record, and that tune, you know, one of the the uh, the goal was to write a tune that theoretically Al Green could sing over top of, right? So we would just take the melody out, and Al Green would sing over top. Not that we were thinking that Al Green was actually going to do it, but we were. I just wanted it to sort of have that vibe. Uh, so I think that we achieved that. And the reason why we called it Grits is because I don't know if you know the story about Al Green, but his nickname is Grits because he got in an argument with his girlfriend and she threw a pan of hot grits on him. And so that's why that song is called Grits, because we wanted it to sound like an Al Green song. That whole entire record was, was recorded in two days. We recorded we recorded all day Saturday and all day Sunday. We did no overdubbing. We did no punching in. We, those are all live takes. And I think I don't I don't want to lie, but I so if I'm wrong, I'm not lying. But I think that five of the tunes are first takes. I think I maybe four of them, but I, I at least four. I think maybe five of them uh, we cut. So we we basically went in. Uh, we did. We had a night of rehearsal. So Friday we just ran through all the tunes, ran through all the tunes, got there bright and early Saturday morning, and all day Saturday and all day sun, Sunday just recorded them. So we recorded each song like three times, mm-hmm. but f- four, maybe five of the songs that we use uh, that we use were were just first takes. And one thing that that I did that was a little different when I recorded this record. What, because this was my solo record, it wasn't like I was recording it with a band, so it was it was a little bit different of a vibe. Uh, but this something I used to really obsess about every record that we recorded, and I would, you know, critique everything, and I would want to punch things in, and 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 all that kind of stuff, and like study the music a lot the day of, and all that. So this record, I actually listened to a Chris Rock stand up before I recorded every day. Because I was like, I don't want to think anything about music or this music or any music because I don't want to be influenced by anything outside of what's going to happen spontaneously inside of that room. But I'll tell you this right now. Now, now I have a career. I've been blessed with a career. So if you got a career, thank God. If you got a job, I hope you get a career one day. That's right. Because when you got a career, there ain't enough time in the day. There ain't enough time. You got a career, you look at your watch, time just flies like, God damn, whoa, it's 5.35. Damn, I got to come in early tomorrow and work on my project. Because there ain't enough time when you got a career. When you got a job, there's too much time. That's right, you look at your watch like, ah, shit, 9.08. You don't even trust the time when you got a job. You be like, what time you got? 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 9.15? Whoever got the latest time is the right time. He got the right time. He got the right time. So I didn't want to go, I didn't want to listen to, you know, a police song and then go in there and try to channel channel my inner Stuart Copeland or, you know, listen to Red Hot Chili Peppers and try to channel my inner Chad Smith. So I listened to I didn't want to listen to any music. I didn't listen to any music on the way to the studio. And then I just listened to some Chris Rock comedy both days beforehand, just so I wasn't thinking about anything related to to music until we hit the record button, which I think 
was was pretty cool. It was, it was pretty freeing and really opened up uh, uh, my mind a lot when I was in there playing. Grits is the name of the song that Nick was talking about off of his project titled Pressing On, which is available on iTunes. I'm not a huge, I'm not like a gadget, like techie guy, but so one of like, I just bought, I'm so out of, out of date, I guess, but I just bought a Kindle and I'm like, holy shit, why didn't I buy one of these a long time ago? And I'm a really slow reader. So I've been trying to read more. So, uh, I've been, you know, like reading every morning, but I really love this Kindle because I travel a lot and I would bring books all over the place. So, uh, the Kindle is amazing. Um, I use Evernote all the time. Like my entire life lives on Evernote. So, it's a really easy way for me to, to write anything down that I need. Uh, you know, so, and it's everywhere and I can share it with whoever I want and everything. So, so Evernote and another thing, another app that I use is called, uh, it's a macros app, um, by OTR on the regimen. So there's this guy, Mike Vacanti, who I, I train with and he has an app where you count your macros. So fat protein and, and carbohydrates, so I've been really trying to focus on my health lately. So I'm down like 30 pounds and, wow. and, uh, and that just helps me keep track of exactly what I'm putting in my body every single day. So it's a, it's been, it's been really, really easy to one track what I'm eating and two you know, stay on a, on a good regimen, even when I'm on the road and everything like, you know, cause everything, mo- mostly everything has nutrition labels. So you can just put it right in. So that's, that's been like a lifesaver and keeping me, uh, you know, helping me keep fit, I should say. We are about to get into the Ask E-Seat segment. If you have a music business or just music and or business, everything in between question for professional drummer, producer, and uh, touring musician Eric Seats, you can send your question. Well, go to the contact page. Instead of running off everything, go to the contact page on the website, thebalanceroom.com, and everything will be there. Email uh, if you want to leave a voice message and have your audio on the podcast. And you are, of course, more than welcome to ask your question on any of the social media platforms. But um, go to that contact page on thebalanceroom.com and you will have all the information that you need to send your questions in for Eric Seats to answer. What's up, everybody? This is your dude, Eric Seats. Shout out to The Balance Room. Ingrid Wood was good here for my question for the day. It is, and I quote, do you know how to read music? And if it's, and if so, do you think it is an important skill for other drummers to have? End of question. I do read music, um, and yes, to, to answer the first part of it, and, and second part, it's very important, not just drummers, this is a, I'm going to generalize this to all musicians, reading, um, it, it, it's another area, and, and I, you know, there's been times where most of the tours that I end up on, I don't have to read, it's more of a feel, and they want groove, um, and what I, it's, it's funny, because you hear sometimes, or me myself, I can tell. It's hard to find a reader with feel. It's usually either one of them is dominating the other. They can usually read and you can't feel it or they can feel, but they can't read. So there's work for everybody out there. Um, I will tell you this, that reading will provide another tax bracket 
um, than, than not being able to read. So I, it behooves you to learn how to read, um, even if you use that or not. For me, I know this out of sight, out of mind. I went a long period where I, I didn't read for a while and got thrown a chart in my face. And I'm like, wait, I had to go brush up. I had to go back and refresh, you know, um, my memory. It's not that, you know, that you didn't know how. It's just you forgot. You just got to get warmed up. And so I had to sit with the chart for a second. But it comes back. Um, but it's like riding a bike. If you don't, you go years without riding a bike, you don't forget how to ride. You're just going to be a little sore uh, when you finish riding, you know. But reading is important for your career, for sure. Uh, just just have that that ammo ready for just in case you need it. It's like insurance. Just have it just in case you get a call and you don't have to turn it down. Um, it's important, especially for symphony work. Um and things of that nature. But yeah, usually in R&B, very rarely, unless you're working on a television show um, where they're real strict on time, get, get a chart thrown in your face. So learn how to read. Learn how to read. Learn how to read. Learn how to read music. Peace, season them out. Peace, season them out. Thanks, Eric. So I'm about to get into my tear of the week. And my tear of the week is a segment where I just share something that it ba- something that balances me out or gives me some sort of peace. Um and so I'm kind of I'm figuratively tearing the balance room back to zero I'm calibrating the balance room back to zero uh in preparation for the episode that is to come so my tear of the week for this episode is comedy and uh no particular comedian no particular stand-up routine but just comedy and I've I've realized that as of recently that comedy is a tool that I can use to help dilute a lot of stressors that I face in um, in running a business and trying to, to keep my sanity. And I kind of hesitated in giving you some of the a little bit of the background story, but I feel like it 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 may be helpful for someone listening. It may help you be more productive. So last week was a really stress filled week. I had a lot of stressors. It was like and that that always happens, but it sucked because it was like back to back to back to back to back. So it it felt magnified. And, um, you know, when that happens, I've said this before, that a lot of my time is spent figuring out how to solve problems. And um, but sometimes when they feel like they just mound up, it feels like it's the end of the world. You know, when your name is on the line, when other people's actions uh, are a representation of you and your business, it's a lot of feels like a lot of pressure. It can feel like the end of the world. And um, like I said, so last week it was like back to back to back to back things. And one of the things was, you know, a role that that somebody had agreed to take accountability for and I thought was going to be handled at the last minute. They weren't able to. And so I was stuck trying to figure out at the last minute how to solve this problem when I already had a bunch of things that that I needed to figure out how, how to get done and to do and to delegate and all of that. So in that moment. It felt like it was too much. And I was like, this is too much. (laughs) And so I but then I had to, you know, I knew I needed to solve the problem, but I was way too frustrated to even think clearly enough to solve the problem. And so what I did in that moment was I just took like three to five minutes. I went on YouTube. I found a Dave Chappelle clip clip clip, excuse me, and I listened to it and I laughed and 
In that five minutes, it kind of just, it brought me back to zero. It, it made me realize this is not the end of the world. People are human and you need to figure out how to fix this problem. How can we, how can we potentially solve this, fix this problem? You know, it, like I said, it can feel like a lot of pressure. And sometimes you're not always afforded the time to do something like that, to go and cackle to yourself, you know what I'm saying, to kind of to bring yourself back down. But when you do have that time just to take three to five minutes to figure out how can you just de-stress in this moment so that you can think clearly, so that you can solve this problem, so that you can be productive, I find that some sort of comedy helps me. It helps dilute that negativity it helps dilute that stressful end of the world type of feeling because it's not that serious but in the moment it feels like it is so I just want to leave you with that you know normally my terror of the weeks are not not this you know um <laughs> they're not like this you know what I'm saying they're normally like a restaurant or something like that but it was heavy on my heart to share and 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 this was my terror of the week you know what I'm saying I've been so consumed <laughs> comedy I've realized recently just just looking at something to help make me laugh helps me bring me back down to earth so I hope that helps somebody and uh you know let me know what do you do to kind of help dilute your stressors what do you, what are some things some tools that you use you know let me know leave it in the comments you can email me you can however you want to contact me let me know what do you do to help relieve stressors because they happen you know what i'm saying and you have to be able to respond and not react but anyways i hope you all enjoyed this episode nick thank you for accepting my invitation into the balance room make sure you all that you tune in for episode 13 which will come out next monday where i continue my conversation with nick graffini in the balance room until next time again remember this podcast is available on itunes stitcher and soundcloud for you to subscribe to and uh, until next monday take care god bless and stay balanced Hey, this is Nick Ruffini, drummer and host of the Drummer's Resource Podcast, and you're listening to The Balance Room Music Podcast.